basically celebrating the win of good over evil. It's very important also for the shopkeepers and the businessmen because of course they want to worship and don't want to anger the goddess of wealth. I'm Ketki and um, currently I'm an Indian citizen living in Nasik. I've temporarily shifted here to my parents' place or otherwise I stay in Hyderabad where I work. I'm working for Deloitte uh, as a market research analyst for them. You said you're a market research analyst for Deloitte. That's a US company, but you're based in Hyderabad. Yes, so I work for the US offices. And basically what I do is I research for uh, startups which have uh, technology that might be interesting to Deloitte so that we can partner with them and offer a combined solution or offer their solution to Deloitte's existing clients. So we just look for the right technological fit for the startups and for our clients. And do you look for those um technology companies uh, in India or exclusively or around the world? Um, so I am part of a division that is called Delight Catalyst. So I, because I work for the U.S. firms, I look at startups that are based in U.S. But we have uh, like the Indian arm of Deloitte Catalyst and we have the Israeli arm of Deloitte Catalyst and the European arm. So, but I look at the U.S. because I'm part of the U.S. team. You've, you've, you say you've moved back to your parents' house now in, in Nasik. Did you have a house in Hyderabad or a, 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 an apartment that you left? So for the longest time, I've been living in a rented apartment in Hyderabad. But uh, like last year, I bought my own place. Is uh, the price of property quite reasonable in Hyderabad for, for someone you know on your wage, let's say? I wouldn't say reasonable, but uh, it's not exactly reasonable in any of the big cities. But I think Hyderabad's still does better in terms of value for money as compared to other cities. So other cities like Bombay or Delhi or even Bangalore. Over my career, I've like lived in Mumbai, Pune, and I've moved around a bit. But Hyderabad has by far been like my favorite city to stay in. So even though Pune or uh, Mumbai are closer to my hometown, but I prefer staying in Hyderabad. I just feel like uh, the city has like a slow, relaxed vibe. It's pretty safe. Uh, the standard of living is, I mean, like the cost of living is cheaper than the other cities. So you get more out of your buck. So I really enjoy staying in Hyderabad. And the food, of course, is amazing. The food, of course. <laughs> and now, of course, you've returned home. So you, you're getting home cooked food. You're, you're an independent young woman. You, you, own, you own property now and, and you live away. Now that you've returned, what's that like? Was it difficult returning home? Um, I wouldn't say it was very difficult returning home. Uh, it was just that uh, because a lot of people in Hyderabad, uh, like uh, most of my friends, are uh, people who've left their hometowns and come to Hyderabad for jobs. So during this COVID, they've all also got, moved back to their hometown. So the city is literally empty and uh, just not really anything that was keeping me in the city anymore. So because everything is shut down and I was anyway staying at home, I thought, why not stay with my parents? So it must be quite a contrast between your, your life in the city and then to a, a small town in, in India. I mean, when you say small town, what's the sort of population? Um, I think it must be around 
30, 30 lakhs. Okay, so you're going to have to explain lakh to me. Uh, so 300,000. This past weekend was Diwali. Could you just tell me what is Diwali? It's basically celebrating the win of good over evil. We celebrate the return of the Lord Ram. Uh, he was exiled and Diwali is the day that he comes, finally finishes his 14 years of exile in the forest and comes back home. And it was a day of, uh, I mean, it was the night of new moon. So there was no lights around. So that is why to welcome him back, all the villagers um, in his kingdom, they lit up lamps and diyas and, uh, to welcome him and to make it bright for him to return home. That's, that's why we light uh, lanterns and lamps. Uh, on Diwali and have all these firecrackers and everything. So um, Diwali is also the day where you uh, worship or have like a small puja, a small ritual, for, uh, a small ritual that you hold for the goddess of wealth, Lakshmi. It's very important also for the shopkeepers and the businessmen because of course they want to worship and don't want to anger the goddess of wealth. So after the puja, we are allowed to go have sweets and crackers and things like that. The puja is basically done at home with the family members and after that we go out and meet all our friends and relatives so after that it's a more social thing so th this year must have been different i guess differently yes it was a much more quieter diwali a lot less fireworks i mean like fireworks were actually in the major cities they uh we are not allowed to sell the firecrackers because it was polluting the air and it was causing trouble for people who were affected with covid it would interfere with their breathing Apart from that, but uh, all the houses were lit up. I think everybody made their sweets at home this time instead of getting them from the market. I guess it must be really pretty and, and quite spectacular to see all these lights and all the all the, the town lit up and things. It, it must be quite a sight. Yes, it's it's really nice and and it's like it brings you a like feeling of joy just to because you're sitting at your home, but you can see the lights all around everywhere in the other buildings. So it's really nice because you just know they're also celebrating. Even though we're not meeting, but you just know that there's cheer all around. I, I, I get the impression about, about India that it's a very vibrant place at the moment, uh, not just culturally. I mean, um, in terms of, you know, what's happening with the education, you know, there's been a sort of a rise of, of technology and things and, and digital startup. Is that the right impression I'm getting? Yes. And I think with like the boom of... Um... Wi-Fi and internet and mobile internet services and smartphones being like very affordable. I mean, like telecom and call rates are one of the cheapest in the world in India. So uh, the access to uh, especially mobile internet has been like a boom for all these technology and startups. And because as you mentioned, they're like more young people, they want to try out new things, they're earning money and, you know. Is there a move to try and promote that sort of entrepreneurial digital infrastructure? I think currently around 40 cities are listed in, under the Smart City program. So they want to have uh, internet connectivity to even the, like, the smaller cities and towns everywhere. So there is definitely a push from the government. And uh, recently we had the launch of, uh, no, I wouldn't say recently, two years back now, a Geo uh, Network. So that network was like, offered really, really cheap rates and all the other telecom players were in trouble because it was offering such low rates. And I think uh, because of that network, a lot of people who earlier were not in the fold came over.
Ah, uh, okay. So it broadened the, the uh, user base. Yeah, because it offered like two, three months of free internet. Has the accessibility to the technology, the smart technology, had an effect on, on India's society? Um, definitely, uh, because it's gotten easier to access services. Like I would have never thought that there would be a Uber in India and it is so easy to like get from the airport to my place. My house is a little away from the main road. So earlier, if I wanted to catch a cab or something, I would have to walk till there. But now I have Uber, I can have deliveries at home and of course, Amazon, things like that. Is there a sort of an increase in migration from rural settlements, villages and sort of smaller towns to to the cities? Are, are, the, are the opportunities just in the cities? Yeah, I think the job opportunity is still very concentrated in like the bigger cities. Uh, we have like these big areas being marked off as uh, like in Hyderabad, we have the high tech cities. So that's where all the IT companies come and set up their bases. So if you're like, even like in a town, Nasik, my hometown, uh, there are not really any job opportunities for me. The education system in, in India, is that free for everybody? So in Maharashtra, education for the girl child is free in the government public schools. But the public school education is not up to standard. If you want to have like a decent proper education, a private school would be better. And there are affordable private schools, of course. Affordable to middle class. For middle class, yeah. It sounds to me like uh, India is a, is a land of contrasts. You have this sort of dichotomy between traditional system and this uh, new modern technologically advanced India. Maybe you could just kind of tell me about how, how the two Indias coexist. I think the two Indias morally, you would see like a, a sharper contrast in the urban areas and the rural areas. So in the urban areas, you'd find uh, mostly all women going to work, being as educated as their male counterparts. As you go towards the rural cities, that is not the case. You still see that education for females is not a primary priority for the parents. And it is mostly the sons that get educated and then they migrate to the cities. But still, if you go to the rural areas, you'd still find um, uneducated females and uh, jobs and like economic opportunities mainly for the males. When, when we say more traditional, are we talking about sort of the, more the caste system that is more prevalent in the a rural village environment rather than... Yeah, the urban ones, yes. I would say yes, uh, because in the rural village or town, generally like an area, they'll have the same caste people and they kind of propagate those traditions and uh, ideological beliefs. And it is very easy to stay in that mindset because you're a little closed off from the world. But when you move to a city, you're instantly exposed to people from different religions and maybe different castes that you even didn't know about because we have like a caste system. Uh, according to each area also. So the South Indians would have a different caste system. And I wouldn't know all the names of all the castes. So when I meet and he tells me that this is this, it doesn't necessarily mean anything to me. So in that sense, then the caste barriers are sort of lessened or reduced when uh, there are people that intermingle in an urban or a metropolitan city. To you, when you say when you meet somebody, you know, through work in, in Hyderabad or, or socially through friends and things, it, it doesn't really matter which caste they're from. Yeah. And I wouldn't see anybody, especially from my generation, asking anybody, uh, what's your caste? I would expect that answer from somebody who's from my mom and dad's generation. 
in their generation it was a very common place and uh, not an out of place thing that you asked people or talked about but in my generation it would be considered rude to ask somebody that the way that the growth is happening and the migration from villages to cities is that putting pressure for change in 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 indian society it is it has been a catalyst for change actually because a lot of the people when they migrate from the rural areas to urban areas there has been like more exposure to different kinds of people different lifestyles different beliefs and thoughts which is not necessarily true in like a smaller area because you're surrounded by the people that you know and your exposure is very limited to the outside world and different kinds of people so it is very difficult for you to break out of that belief system and when you move to a city and especially when cities like hyderabad mumbai delhi bangalore where you come across a lot of people from a lot of different areas with different belief systems it really broadens your uh, horizon i imagine it's becoming more of a meritocracy it is also flattening like the social structure a lot because in india i i could never th- uh, have you know thought that i would call somebody older than me elder to me uh, by his first name that is just disrespectful and very rude so all this came in because of you know the western companies doing it and uh, initially also it would be a little unsettling for me that i'm calling somebody older than me by his first name but now you get used to it if you were walking down um the main road in nasik uh, and you saw uh, an older gentleman that you knew would you call them by their first name never <laughs> so only in hyderabad uh actually more than hyderabad also uh, in an office setting only but if it was somebody else and he was elder to me say a certain male i would call him like uncle or something like that if we pass now just talk about covid uh, and the the effect of the pandemic when were you first aware that covid was becoming an issue so um i started hearing news about it in december and then more and more news in january and in february i think it got really bad because uh, international travel got banned and then uh, slowly even the domestic travel was banned uh, then in march came the lockdown so they initially said that we'll do like a one day trial of lockdown so they picked a sunday 24th of march i think it was and they said let's do a trial lockdown and then we'll see about a longer lockdown later but come 8 pm on sunday 24th of march the pm announces that there's going to be two months of lockdown starting tomorrow so he didn't really give anybody much of a chance for anything but i think there could have been some pushback or protest and it was not really a time for all that to happen if you think of the bigger picture it was probably a good move the lockdown was decreed on the 24th of of march for two months so what what was the result of that did you have enough time to get home to to nasik no not really because uh, the lockdown that was announced initially it was a very strict lockdown all domestic travel was stopped you couldn't travel interstate you would have to get special permission from the government to travel if you had like a special reason to travel they would issue passes and then with, you could show that pass at the border and then cross the states otherwise and uh, none of the trains were working uh, none of the flights were operating so if you had your own vehicle that was the only way to travel and uh, there was curfew during the daytime so you didn't really go out we had i think time from in the morning 7 to uh, 11 am so you were supposed to get all your groceries and whatever your necessities during that time and only the grocery stores were operating like the other 
hardware or apparel stores or all the other um, brands and stuff Every, all the shops were closed down except for groceries even in the grocery stores uh, only five people at a time were allowed so was it two months later then that you managed to get home you didn't really know what the situation was outside because everything was locked down so you didn't know if it's some things were working or not so i waited until august actually to travel back home I, I, I remember seeing images on the television news and reading about this sort of migration that happened from cities. The migrating people were basically those uh, that had come from faraway villages to work in the cities. And because everything was shut down, so basically they had no access to work or any job opportunities. These were basically daily laborers who were needed in construction work or were running small petty jobs at maybe shops and things like that. Because everything was closed, they had no way of making money. And a lot of landlords actually also, at that time, they panicked and were asking people to vacate their homes. Of course, the government stepped in later on and said that uh, you can't enforce or force anybody to leave because travel was not easy at that time. You still had to wait like maybe 10 to 15 days to get a pass to travel unless it was like an emergency case. You say that, I mean, a lot of the people that were walking back were daily wage. They were, you know, they were employed on a day-to-day basis. So they must have been the ones that really have been losing out because of because of COVID and because of the lockdown. Yes, I think they were like the most unprepared and the most negatively impacted. Did the government uh, in any way support them or help them financially or some other way? Uh, so I don't think there was any financial package given out, but the government did ensure that food, water and sustenance, those kind of things were like handed out daily. The police force and other government agency, along with the NGOs, they were going out and distributing packets of food uh, every day. And actually, uh, you also see like uh, my apartments also, we donated a lot of money and food, clothing at that time to people. If you and your friends have all left the city of Hyderabad, it must be a bit, bit like a ghost town, I would have thought. Yes, I, I think that has happened because uh, especially in the metro cities, it is a concentration of a lot of uh, service-oriented companies. So there's not a lot of manufacturing plants there. And because it's a service-oriented company, there are people like me who can work virtually. As of now also, I think all of my friends are still back at home. None of them are back in the city. So I imagine, yes, there are a lot less people in the cities now these days. When when will you feel comfortable going back to the city? Most likely when the offices decide to open, especially actually in the, my, my team, uh, there is not sort of say necessity to be in the office. So I could probably extend my stay if I wanted to. But if all my other friends decide to come back, that would be a more important trigger for me, I would say. The social side. <laughs> yes, because that's the only thing that's missing right now. Yes, I can, I can imagine in your, in your town, it must be somewhat uh, limited. Oh, yes, severely limited, I would say. So what is the healthcare system like in, in India? So we have a mix of uh, public and private uh, hospitals. The public hospitals are mostly like funded by government. Uh, they're not free, but very nominal. But because they're very nominal, they're probably not the best sanitary standards. So someone from a better socioeconomic status would rather choose going to a private hospital rather than a public hospital. Are private hospitals expensive in in India? Uh, So you'd find like different hospitals at different price ranges. But there are enough uh, private hospitals that are affordable for the middle class. 
and not necessarily like out of reach for an average person. What has the, the politics of India been like during during COVID? Yes, yeah, so uh, there have been politicians who have tried to take advantage of the situation, trying to rally one group of people against the other so that they can get more votes and, you know, uh, secure more backing. Uh, during this time, uh, they are certainly promoting hate. P- promoting hate? Mm-hmm. So if a politician from, was from one area and he wanted to win against somebody from the other area, he would say that people from those areas, they have a higher concentration of COVID and those people are not being careful and that is how it is affecting me and I'm trying to help you. Is, is, it, just, is it areas or is it, I mean, is it religion or what, what's the... Yeah, I think differently. So if an area had a more of a re- uh, religion-based divide, people would exploit that if they are... If they have a more of a caste-based, uh, uh, you know, divide, they would say that people from this caste are not doing the well, or they are like spreading the disease. And are they are they, are they gaining traction? The, those politicians are people because because of the COVID. Are they are they do they want to believe it? Uh, I think during the COVID, because uh, the lockdown was very strict and people were impacted a lot emotionally. Uh, which otherwise they would not have been because uh, your exposure to the outside world and to other people was really limited and the only source of news or information was your TV networks. And if you see one news, you know, playing all day, it can have an impact on uh, what you think and uh, your views. During that time, uh, you had like a captive audience with all their undivided attention and people were spending more time online. And if there's just more content like this online, I think that sort of accelerated or, you know, drilled in, into you, your psyche, these kind of beliefs and views. So is there, is there a high, high usage of social media in, in India? I would say yes. WhatsApp and Facebook primarily being very popular. With more people being forced to stay at home, have they found interesting ways of, of coping with, with, the, with the lockdown? Yeah, yeah. Because we had more time to spend with ourselves, basically. So a lot of people were thinking more about their interests, their hobbies, and what they wanted to do in life. So uh, a lot of them have started baking cakes. And uh, during the lockdown, of course, because you weren't going out or do, not doing anything, having like good food was one of the treats. So it was really nice that you could just call up this lady and say, hey, can you bake me a cake today? Or, you know, my son's birthday is today. Can I have a cake? And there were other ladies who started catering in the weekends. So when they would like put out a menu and then I could order in from them. And it was really great because this was all inside the apartment complex. So I didn't really have to necessarily go out. And it was just like two floors down, one floor up. So it was very safe also. It's like a sort of an entrepreneurial hub. Yeah, it was great. And a lot of ladies also started teaching online classes because kids were all at home so many. So if uh, one lady, uh, she she was she had like a decade of worth of practice in Kathak. So she took online dance classes. And I think a lot of people also started like online music classes. And uh, there was this lady, she would like uh, start storytelling sessions for the kids. So a lot of those things, these kind of things like cropped up. I guess with you know with with the digital technology now and the opportunities that that give, have you noticed any more sort of entrepreneurial type activity you know via apps during COVID? So uh, during COVID, I think the importance of food really went up. 
So access to food, basically, because your grocery stores didn't always have uh, all the supplies that you wanted or um, things that you need. And it was the summertime. It's time for mangoes. And nobody wants to miss out on the mango season here in India. We love our mangoes. So uh, a lot of the ladies from our group, which had like ties to uh, local farmers, they got in touch with them. And then they would have like bulk orders delivered to complexes. So a lot of the entrepreneurial um activities around uh, fresh fruit and vegetables from farm to house uh, a lot of them came up and um, the juice bars especially so because they had access and contacts to people who provided them fruits like every day so they also start off how to say adapted and started doing deliveries of fruits to their customers and people they knew you you're a you're a tech savvy young person who's and I guess all your friends are the same uh, have any of your friends started a, a, a digital company one of my friends actually he was um, working in the interiors business and because everything was locked down so none of the restaurants were renovating and none of the homeowners were doing any interiors so he's also now uh, part of a startup which delivers uh, fresh food to your home it, it's interesting that this period of lockdown has given everyone an opportunity just to kind of sit back and maybe reassess their lives and things and perhaps re recalibrate their lives have you yeah definitely i mean like i've uh, had time to think about what i want to do uh, in my life and uh, where i want my career to be and things like that i haven't necessarily made a plan but uh, i certainly have had uh, more time to think about these things okay so um ketaki thank you very very much for your time it's been a real pleasure talking to you thank you ever so much for taking the time to to talk to me and all the very best for for you and uh, you know whatever happens in the future with entrepreneurial business i hope you keep safe and i hope you keep well i wish you the same It's been my pleasure.